As markets surge after Trump shreds NAFTA, we have to ask ourselves, is it possible that the smart people are stupid and the stupid people are smart? Then, speaking of dopes, one in seven Americans smokes pot. We will analyze the growing popularity of Haitian oregano in the U.S. Left-wing shill Lanny Davis admits that admitted liar Michael Cohen is a liar. CNN pays no heed. Then, more demagoguery of dead people. Hashtag me too, Hollywood hypocrites. Why everybody is suddenly transgender and bad parents. I'm Michael Knowles, and this is The Michael Knowles Show. We've got a lot to get to today, as you can tell. <laughs> and oh, oh, this, this whole thing? For those of you who are not listening, you might be confused. I'm wearing an American flag bow tie right now. That is, of course, because it is National Bow Tie Day. I could not let that die, day pass unheeded. This brings up a longstanding debate among American conservatives. Is it super cool to wear the American flag as clothing or... Uh, is it disrespectful to the flag? Every This always happens. You wear like chubbies has those little uh, shorts, you know, the swim trunks, and they look like an American flag. And then some conservatives say that's disrespectful. And then others say it's awesome. It's awesome. It's great. Wear, wear the American flag. The reason you should do it, this isn't true at all times in history and in all cultures, but our culture is so anti-American right now. Any way that you can get the flag out there, that's good. Do it. Wear it. It's great. Uh, there's another debate, of course, over bow ties, which is, are bow ties, you know, like American conservative mid-century cool, or do they always look terrible? <laughs> and there, is there just no acceptable time to wear them? You know which side of that argument that I come down on, but I'd be interested to hear your thoughts uh, in the comments. Uh, so we've got to talk about dopes today. We've got a lot of dopes in America. We've got stupid, smart people, smart, stupid people, and everybody is getting high. There's a new study out that shows that one in seven Americans smokes pot and has smoked pot within the last year. For comment on this, we turn to Daily Wire pot correspondents uh, Cheech and Chong. Ah, oh, man. That's some heavy shit. Pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. That is some heavy stuff, man. That's some heavy stuff. One in seven Americans. The question is, who cares if we're smoking pot? This is this perennial debate among not just the left and the right, but within the right, between the libertarians and the conservatives. So, hey, let's just legalize it. And this uh, issue, this issue of legal pot, is one of the great examples of conservatives throwing their hands up and saying, oh, who cares? I don't want to fight anymore. That's okay. Blah, blah, blah. I am going to make the point that perhaps we shouldn't be gung-ho about legalizing pot. And there are a few reasons for this. One, right now, in America, one in five people live in a state with legal pot because lefty states with big populations uh, are more likely to have legalized pot. Uh, the pot industry is pretty big. The, pot in the legal pot industry was almost $6 billion last year. I have no idea how big the illegal pot industry, which is still, uh, still accounts for the majority of it. Uh, in America, 50% of people have tried pot at least once. The majority, at least 50%, the majority of Americans have tried pot at least once. Judging by my outfit today, as you can guess, I too have tried the old Haitian oregano <laughs> once or a few times. <laughs> and so I'm not saying that I haven't done it. A lot of people have done it and it leads to uh, bizarre results, much as you're looking at right here. 11% um, of Americans are regular users of pot. So the, and, and one in seven have had it within the last year. They might not be regular users. They might not be waking and baking 
baking or smoking every night or something, but they have it every so often, you know, once or twice a year. And that number is way, way up. That number has doubled within either the last decade or the last few decades. It breaks down by sex. So for women, the number has doubled since 1984. For men, the number has doubled since around the year 2000. But the numbers are way, way up. What does this mean? Uh, obviously, pot is being mainstreamed. Why is it being mainstreamed? It's being mainstreamed by the culture and it's being mainstreamed by the government. A lot of states are pushing for legalization. A lot of states have legalized medical marijuana. A lot of states have legalized recreational marijuana. In my own town of La La Land, Hollywood, there are giant billboards on the street that say, get weed delivered to your door. Come on, it's really, use an app and you get pot delivered to your door. Uh, the, the debate around pot is very, very stupid. I'm not saying that there aren't good points on both sides. I'm saying that the debate is always extremely stupid because it usually goes something like this. Well, man, <clears throat> you know, man, pot is way better for you than, than booze because booze gets you angry, man, and pot just mellows you out. Yeah, and it's totally not addictive and it's, oh, and it really expands your... <clears throat> mind, you know, like, what if the color you see is red, I see is blue, you know, man, it just makes you so smart. Doesn't make you smart. Pot makes you stupider and less funny. And, and, the, and one of the really awful things about pot, and I can tell you this from experience, it's not like I've never smoked pot before, is that you think, you think when you're uh, uh, smoking pot that you're smarter and funnier but you're not. You just think that because you have become stupider. I remember, you know, in, uh, I'll give examples of this because when I say that I've, I've, uh, tr smoked pot on more than one occasion and I did inhale, I, it's actually very hard for me to inhale though. Cause I smoke cigars and I've smoked cigars since I was a kid. So when I tried to smoke pot, which was much later, I couldn't do it. Like I just, I, I, I still would cough, you know, dramatically, even I can't have a cigarette, you know, for that reason. But in, uh, I think it was chef on South park who says that there is a time and a place for everything. And that place is college. <laughs> so there was this thing at Yale, which is spring fling. And every, uh, every year on spring fling, you know, they bring bands in and, uh, you know, it's a big party. Every year, the, they treat pot brownies like it's a sacrament. You know, like it, it's just very popular. At least it was when I was there. And so uh, I would try this. And this put to rest a lot of my thoughts on pot because we're always told, oh, it's not very potent. It's not, it doesn't, it's not dangerous. It's not whatever. Like that is total nonsense. That is total nonsense. First of all, it is addictive. There are new studies out that show that it is quite addictive. It can be addictive in between 11 and 17% of users. And also, it can be very, very potent. It actually can put you at risk, especially when you ingest it. So when you ingest, unlike, you know, you smoke a joint or something, if you ingest pot, uh, depending on the concentrations of THC, which now are sold at your local dispensary in Los Angeles, it can really mess you up. You get your heart rate gets much, much faster. You get totally disoriented. It, le it can lead to uh, death of brain cells. It can lead to memory loss, especially if you do it when you're young, especially if you do it over time. So what does this have to do with the policy debate, which is should we legalize pot? Shouldn't we legalize pot? Obviously, more Americans are using pot today than they did even a decade ago, dramatically more. This is coinciding with the laws being liberalized. I think you have to look at it from the social perspective, from a broader social context, not just some stupid libertarian talking point of, well, the government doesn't have a right to tell you what to, the government tells you a lot of things to do. Or, well, it doesn't hurt anybody. Well, it hurts you. Well, it, does, it could hurt the guy that you run over in a car when you're driving high. It, could, it can hurt people. Um, 
But look at our particular point in time right now. Americans are killing themselves. They're killing themselves in record numbers with booze, with drugs, and with uh, and, and with weapons. They're, they're committing suicide at very high rates. Right now in the United States, self-injury is, uh, self-injury is the seventh leading cause of death. It's more deadly than diabetes at this point. Um, and, and what the libertarians say here is, well, the government shouldn't intervene. But the legalization of marijuana is the government intervening. This is why the pot alcohol thing is so stupid. Alcohol has been around our culture since the dawn of time. We, you know, uh, Jesus Christ, his first miracle on earth uh, after the incarnation was to make really good wine for drunk people, for people who were already very drunk. He made wine for them. The booze has been around forever. It's going to be around forever. This is not an argument for booze, but it's, it's making a non-ideological point for conservatism, which is that we, are, we don't just pop out of nowhere. We don't come into the world in floating in the air without any context. We come within a social and historical context. And that social and historical context has booze in it, for better or worse. Rates of drinking have decreased dramatically since the 19th century, say. But it's just around us. We're not going to get rid of it. It, it. I don't think we really would want to get rid of it entirely. It, there's probably a reason it's stuck around so long. The question is, why would you want to introduce a new drug? Because in the West... Pot doesn't come from our tradition. It hasn't been around for 2,000 years. Jesus didn't perform the miracle of, I don't know, turning oregano into marijuana. That's, that's not in our culture. That's not in our history. So why would you want to introduce a new one? All of the arguments that the pro-pot people say uh, against alcohol are also arguments for not legalizing marijuana. By saying that one is better than the other, it's not saying that they're good, right? They're both bad for you. There's a lot of tar in marijuana. It's bad for your health. It makes you stupid or it makes you... Uh, it, it also, uh, one thing about alcohol is it's a social lubricant. So if you go, like this is one of the reasons why it's persisted in culture for so long, is you don't just, unless you're very depressing, you don't just sit in your room alone and guzzle whiskey, you know. You, I mean, I, I do it for breakfast, obviously, but that's just to get ready f- to meet you for my show. Um, I have a nice, nice short stack of pancakes and a gallon of room temperature gin. Uh, but, you know, it's a social lubricant. It kind of amps you up a little bit. You get to talk to people. Whereas pot is very much, a, 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 it's best in solitude. Because it makes you stupid and because it makes you less funny, it really just, they, they always say, well, it really makes you think. It really makes you, expands your mind. Right. It doesn't do that, but it's a, a, a drug for solitude. So if we've got this problem, we've got this major drug problem, this major opioid epidemic, these, these people killing themselves with stimulants and drugs and whatever, why would we allow a new one to be introduced? The government, the government just like us, doesn't come from nowhere. It's not just floating. It comes from a, an historical context. Right now, pot is broadly illegal. If pot is legalized, that is not the lack of government intervention. That specifically is government intervention to legalize that. Why would we want to do it? Last year alone, 72,000 people died from drug overdoses in the United States. This is a record number, and 2018 is already on track to blow past that number. Why would you want to do it? You know, this is a, a big mistake of libertarianism. I notice this. Whenever conservatives give up an issue, they always say, well, now I'm a libertarian on this issue. But it's only after they lose the issue. They say, well, now I'm a libertarian. So they do this sometimes for, the, for those who became uh, uh, pro-choice in favor of abortion during the, the height of abortion advocacy, you know, the 1990s, it's really pro-choice. Uh, they would say, oh, well, I'm a libertarian. I'm a li-. But there's nothing libertarian about killing a baby. 
There's nothing in the libertarian ideology or doctrine that says you have to be able to kill babies. Of course not. Libertarianism protects life, liberty, and property. Life comes first, not, not liberty. The same thing, they did this on gay marriage. They'll say, conservatives who, def, who said marriage has a definition and sexual difference inheres in marriage. Sexual difference has something to do in marriage. And that's why it's not that gay people can't get married. It's that marriage does not involve uh, marriage demands sexual difference. Uh, now that the left seems to have won that battle at the Supreme Court and in the culture, they say, oh, I'm a libertarian. There's nothing libertarian about saying we have to adopt this very radical new definition of marriage, but not previous definitions and not other definitions. There's nothing libertarian about saying that marriage has to now be defined as a union of two people, regardless of sex, who love each other for whatever purpose you want, rather than the previous definition, which is it's the union of husbands and wives for family, or some other definition. Why, why, doesn't, why isn't it libertarian to say that marriage involves the uh, polygamous union of same-sex people? Why is that? Isn't, isn't that libertarian? Why don't we have that? No. It's just a total cop-out. And they do this with drugs. They say, well, when it comes to drugs, I'm a libertarian. This, is, this presents a very mistaken view of virtues and of the tradition that we come out of and of political philosophy. Drugs enslave you. I'm not, I'm not saying that you can't have you know, a glass of wine in moderation, some whiskey in moderation, even a smoke of pot in moderation. I'm saying that when you become addicted to drugs, when you use drugs uh, excessively, when you abuse drugs, they enslave you. You're giving into your appetite. You're not, you're not living uh, rationally. You're not living consciously. You're not living in freedom. There's nothing libertarian about that. That's, that's libertine, not libertarian. And uh, it's, a, it's a big mistake. Conservatives shouldn't give this one up. They shouldn't give up anything. They shouldn't be, feel bullied and be intimidated by the left to give up points needlessly and then pretend that that's libertarianism. That creates a nation of dopes. And this point was uh, underscored beautifully by President Trump uh, just this past week. Because what were we told during the election? Trump is he's going to be terrible for the economy. And if he, if he t- gets rid of NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement, the agreement between Canada, the United States, and Mexico, the economy is going to implode. It's going to be awful. Prices are going to rise. We're, it's going to be awful for Mexico, for Canada, especially for the United States. So President Trump rips up NAFTA. He creates a bilateral trade agreement with Mexico and says, remember Mexico? We were never going to be able to deal with Mexico. Now we've got a great relationship with Mexico. All the smart people told us it would be terrible. We have a great relationship with Mexico. And President Trump says, Canada is more than welcome to come in, but if they're not going to agree to our terms, they can stay out. What happened when this was announced? NAFTA ripped up, bilateral trade deal, all the smart set predicted it. Instead of the economy crashing, the markets reach record highs. Record highs. The S&P 500 was up almost 1% yesterday. NASDAQ was up almost 1% yesterday. Uh, The the NASDAQ broke 8,000. I think that's an all-time record. The Dow jumped 259 points all the way up. This was the first time yesterday that the Dow was above 26,000 since February. The, The markets universally responded well to this news about NAFTA. We also found out today that consumer confidence is at an 18 year Hi, but remember this. You've got to remember this because it always gets blown over in the media. Nobody ever talks about this in the mainstream media. So you just forget that these things happen. You forget when these pundits, when the smart set, when the the self-appointed betters and sophisticates and self-styled smart people, when they 
predict things. They get it totally wrong, and then they get to go right on making predictions. Here is, thus just, just to refresh your memory, here is a little prediction from the self-appointed smart set, the stupid smart people, of what was going to happen to the economy if President Trump was elected. Are you saying that if Trump wins and a day or two after that, the markets are going down 15%? 10%. I think 10%. It may actually, if it looks like he's close, it may drift a little before, but the, the net effect will be about 10%. He has no real strategy for creating jobs, just a string of empty promises. And maybe we shouldn't expect better from someone whose most famous words are, you're fired. Donald Trump offers no real solutions for the economic challenges we face. I, I have my Trump hedge on. In the event Donald wins, I have no doubt in my mind the, the market tanks. Donald Trump's ideas about the economy and the world will cause millions of Americans to lose their jobs. And what happened? What, what, uh, could, could we ask what happened? Let's, let's, because these guys say, uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, uh, who is that? Uh, Mark Cuban, the billionaire who just goes, runs his mouth on TV. All these predictors, d don't lose sight of what they're saying. They're saying millions of jobs will be lost. The economy will tank. They're, they're making actual predictions, none of which happened. And yet we still look to them. They're the smart people. They're the stable people. Hillary Clinton, she's stable. She's the stable, she's the reasonable choice. Oh, pish posh, we can't vote for Trump. He's crazy. Hillary, she's stable. She's, she's stably wrong. <laughs> she is, she's very, in a very stable way, she's wrong. Her predictions did not come true. Here is what actually happened. Confidence is the highest it's been in many years. Just came out. Uh, manufacturing the highest level of confidence they've had since they started doing it many years ago. Uh, and business, it has the highest level of confidence. That was President Trump in the cabinet room earlier today. He also pointed out what he likes to do, but it's a fact. Look at the chart. Dow's up more than 5,000 points in one year. It's never done that before. 70 new highs for the Dow Jones Industrials. Remember when everyone said the market was just going to tank the day after the election and fall through the floor? Didn't happen. Historic tax reform on top of that. 3% GDP growth and a forecast to potentially do 4% in the third quarter. We'll see if that happens. Moments ago, the numbers for America's economic growth or GDP were just released. And I am thrilled to announce that in the second quarter of this year, the United States economy grew at the amazing rate of 4.1%. We're on track to hit the highest annual average growth rate in over 13 years. And I will say this right now, and I'll say it strongly, as the trade deals come in one by one, we're going to go a lot higher than these numbers, and these are great numbers. During each of the two previous administrations, we averaged just over 1.8% GDP growth. By contrast, we are now on track to hit an average GDP annual growth of over 3%, and it could be substantially over 3%. Remember those images. Remember those two clips that you just saw, because I think sometimes, sometimes I get accused of being uh, a little too favorable to President Trump, to President Kofefe. Sometimes people think I'm flacking for him or something like that. I don't know why they would ever think that. Uh, fix my American flag bow tie. Uh, the, the, I think I get accused of that. I think that's totally unfair because what I'd like to point out are those two clips. 
all of the all of the smart people, all of the serious, sophisticated, you know, their stable leaders, all of those people were totally wrong. They have been totally wrong in their predictions. And Donald Trump, who is regularly pilloried as an absolute idiot, not just by people on the left, but also by people on the right, by a lot of people on the right, pillory him as an idiot, an incompetent, political newbie, dummy, doesn't know what he's doing. That guy, that person who has been pilloried on the left and the right as an idiot, has been right about almost everything. He's been right about virtually everything. The, the numbers don't lie. We're just talking about the economy right now. This extends in many, many ways. So I just want you to remember that. When you, when you, you see someone and say, uh, oh, he's being too favorable to President Trump. President Trump has been right about virtually all of these things. And it, all the smart set on the left and the right have been wrong. They have been wrong since the beginning. This should cause us uh, to maybe take a step back and have a little a moment of reflection here. Uh, this is true not just on the economy. Another great example of the smart set, actually probably the perfect example, is a global warming, climate change, the Paris Accord. Remember the Paris Accord? If we didn't sign on to the Paris Accord, where all the nations are going to get together and hug each other, and that's for some reason that's going to be really good for the environment. If, if that doesn't happen, the world will implode. That's what we were told. Uh, we were told that even by some people on the right, but, but certainly by the entire left. And President Trump said, I'm not going to sign on to that Paris Accord. He was utterly pilloried for it. Here, here's just one example. President Trump uh, announcing that he's going to pull out of the accord and a little example of how the left reacted. The rest of the world applauded when we signed the Paris Agreement. They went wild. They were so happy. <laughs> for the simple reason that it put our country, the United States of America, which we all love, at a very, very big economic disadvantage. What are you talking about? <laughs> they were happy because they secured a landmark victory for the future of the planet, you f***ing egomaniac. <laughs> the whole world is not secretly conspiring against the United States. So just keep that in mind. Keep that, you effing maniac, what are you doing? Right, right. Trump's the idiot and John Oliver representing the entire left and the anti-Trump right. He's the, he's the smart guy. He's, are you so, are you an idiot? Are you effing kidding me? Well, it turns out Trump was entirely right and that guy was entirely wrong. We have new numbers that have come out, which shows that the United States is leading the world in reducing carbon dioxide emissions. The United States, which pulled out of the Paris Agreement, which said, go pound sand, uh, international community. You're trying to entrap us in an agreement that forces us to give up some of our freedom, that forces us to play by unfair rules, that gives an international advantage to other people. You're not serious about helping the environment. We are serious. We're going to do it on our own. That's what President Trump said, pilloried by dum-dums like John Oliver and everybody else, mocked, laughed by fr frivolous audiences on HBO. And then what happened? The United States is leading the world in reducing CO2 emissions, and the signatories to the Paris Accord are not only not keeping their promises, they are increasing their CO2 emissions which means that they weren't serious about the Paris Accord. It means they didn't want to help the environment. They weren't uh, getting ready for this landmark international kumbaya moment. They just 
wanted to entrap the United States in an agreement that they would not play fairly by. It uh, means that Donald Trump was entirely right about this, and the left, and John Oliver in particular, were completely wrong. Canada, Spain, the European Union, and China all increased their CO2 emissions since that Paris agreement. All of them. We were told, this agreement, this is so landmark because India and China are finally going to play along. Well, they didn't. We now know that they didn't. And that guy, the, the stupid guy, the stupid orange mango Mussolini, what an idiot. He doesn't know anything about anything, was completely right about this. And all of the really smart people with glasses were completely wrong. Uh, imagine, just imagine that Hillary Clinton had won. My third cousin once removed. Just imagine that for a second. I, I haven't watched a clip of Hillary in a while, and I just watched her, you know, seeing it on the show right now. Imagine that. Imagine how awful that would be. Because she was the responsible choice. All of my friends who have lots of degrees, you know, they have PhDs and master's degrees and law degrees and doctors and all do, 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 do. All of them, they were horrified that I voted for Donald Trump. Horrified. They say, you can't, that's irresponsible. That's irresponsible. He's not competent. He's not smart. He's reckless. He's, that guy's been totally right. Hillary, all of Hillary's predictions were not, not only have not come true, but the opposite has actually come true. And then we got news today that her email server, that competent Hillary, expert Hillary, stable Hillary, that her email server that we already know has been hacked by bad actors was also hacked by the Chinese. That information came out today. Her email server was hacked by the Chinese. They installed a code such that her emails, emails that were going to or from her, were being sent to these, to this Chinese entity in real time. That's stable Hillary. That's the smart person. I don't, have Donald Trump's emails been hacked by multiple foreign adversaries? Has that happened yet? Maybe it'll happen. I don't know. That hasn't happened yet. I haven't seen that. That big, that big dummy who doesn't know anything, he's managed to avoid that. But all the smart people like Hillary Clinton, then they get their emails hacked by multiple major foreign adversaries. Unbelievable. And, and then the story gets better. <laughs> it gets like a, if, if someone wrote this movie and then pitched it to a Hollywood studio, the studio would say, no, it's too on the nose. It's too obvious. It's too, you couldn't do it. This, the, the hack by China was reported to the FBI multiple times, and the FBI did nothing about it. And, and who was it at the FBI who did nothing about it? Peter Strzok, ladies and gentlemen, that lover boy, disgraced FBI agent who testified before Congress and looked like the devil incarnate, you know, that maniacal face and smile and all horns spreading out of his head. Peter Strzok, it was that guy. And the reason that this would be rejected if it were a Hollywood pitch is that it's like, I thought there were more FBI agents than that. How come this guy keeps popping up? You think, aren't there, hold on a second, aren't there, there are more than like five people that work at the FBI, right? But this guy, Peter Strzok, seems to always crop up at the center of corruption at all times. The emails with his lover girl trying to nail Trump, investigating Trump based on faulty paid for Democrat hack dossiers. Then he, he's on the Mueller investigation trying to get Trump again. He actually gets fired for that reason. And he's the one who won't report that Hillary has been incompetently handling her emails. Unbelievable. You know, th all of this should serve as a warning. Then I've got to say goodbye to Facebook and YouTube. All of this I bring up to you, all the way from the pot and those dopeheads to the dopeheads on CNN and HBO. The left always tries to intimidate us. And I'll, I'll even go more broadly than the left. The left and the preening anti-Trump right always try to intimidate us 
by making conservative people think we're stupid. They try to, they try to make us think that we're stupid. They say, we're really smart. Look, we wear tweed. We have tweed jackets. We have bow ties. We have special glasses. You know, we go, we sip Chablis. You don't even know what Chablis is. We sip Chablis. We know. We're the competent ones. We're the stable ones. You can't vote for Trump. He's an idiot. He's a fool. He's a dummy. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's a blah, 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 blah. Just remember that in a broad array of issues over just the last year or two years, that self-appointed smart set has been utterly wrong, have been made to look like total fools. And the stupid people, the hacks, the partisans, the Trump apologists, the lackeys, the MAGA crowd, the blah, 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 have been correct about everything. Just keep that in mind. I'd like people to remember that because I think sometimes this gets forgotten. And, and I'll, we'll get to why that gets forgotten. It's because the new, not only are the, are the news media stacked against us, but everything around the news media are stacked against us. This has just come out in the last day. Uh, before we get to that, I've got to say goodbye to Facebook and YouTube, don't I? This is very frustrating because we've got so much more to talk about. But we'll talk about it once we see you at dailywire.com. If you're at dailywire.com, thank you very much. You help keep the lights on. You keep Kofefe in my cup. You keep me in silly bow ties and tweed jackets. If you're not there, if you're on Facebook and YouTube, you won't be for long because they're going to censor us. So go over to Daily Wire. It's 10 bucks a month, $100 for an annual membership. What do you get? You get me. You get the Andrew Clavin Show. You get the Ben Shapiro Show. You get to ask questions in the mailbag. That's coming up Thursday. You get to ask questions in the conversation. That's going to be the big boss, Ben Shapiro, coming up very soon. None of that matters. Here it is. Here. Mm. Mm. Was this brew, was this imported from Mexico or from Canada or was this made right here in the United States? I don't know, but this is the NAFTA brew. This is the NAFTA brew and it, and it tastes like, yeah, it tastes like the NASDAQ hitting 8,000. <laughs> That's what it tastes like. It tastes like the S&P hitting records and it tastes like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm getting a, a slight hint uh, on the top of the palette of the Dow Jones breaking 26,000 for the first time since February. I'm getting just, you can kind of get a little hint on the nose. Go to dailywire.com. We'll be right back. We got a lot more to talk about. So why do we always forget that the smart people are stupid and the stupid people are smart? The reason is that the news media are not only totally turned against conservatives and the Trump administration, but everything around the news media are as well. Uh, There's a new piece out. uh, It's a PJ Media. I suggest you go read it by Paula Bulliard that shows, uh, she just searched Trump in Google News, Google News, major news source. Uh, I check it constantly. And she just searched Trump. 96% of the results, even for her, who's a conservative, you would think they might be more tailored uh, to skew conservative for her. 96% of the results were uh, from le- left-wing news sources. 96% of them. Daily Wire doesn't seem to crop up, does it? But Vox.com certainly does. 96%. And, and the sources, by the way, are liars. We have this story out today. Uh, CNN ran a story about how Donald Trump knew about Russian collusion and knew of the Russia meeting at Trump Tower and knew about all of this, knew about all of this. The source for those stories was Lanny Davis, the uh, left-wing hacky attorney for Michael Cohen. So the source really is Michael Cohen through that. Just within the last day, Lanny Davis has come out and said, oh yeah, I was just kidding. No, I was just kidding. I don't, I can't say, I don't know that Donald Trump knew ahead of time about the Russia meeting. Oh, I don't, I can't say, I don't, what do I know? I don't know. But last week he was saying, 
Bob Mueller should talk to Michael Cohen. We've got damaging information on Trump and Russia. We're, we, he's got a lot that he should hear. And now he's completely changed his tune. So Lanny Davis was the source for this story. It was reported everywhere after it made it to CNN. And all the confirming sources were Lanny Davis. Turn out, turns out it wasn't true. Lanny Davis himself is saying, yeah, I lied. And who knows if he lied or if Michael Cohen lied. I don't know. But what I do know is CNN won't retract the story. Some people are noticing that CNN worded their story in such a way that they can probably get away with it because it's just extraordinarily misleading. But it's, it, it's dishonest. I mean, these are people who are lying by omission or, or misleading in such a way that it's a lie. Uh, the Media Research Center is also showing the extent of big tech censoring us. Because you hear it from us. Look, we see our views fluctuate very wildly depending on changes in these social media algorithms and depending on what who they're censoring that week. But these are just little anecdotes. The Media Research Center went in and went past the insinuation to get to some specifics. Uh, we know that Twitter specifically was shadow banning people whose profiles used the words America or God because they thought they were robots. <laughs> Can you imagine for a second if you, just, ima- just pity the Twitter executives here. Let's not ascribe it to malice. Let's ascribe it to stupidity. They think they're in such an anti-American bubble. They're in such an absurd left-wing bubble that they think that if you use the words America or God, you can't be a human being. You have to be a robot. (laughs) And they're shadow banning people for that. Uh, They also won't run ads for pro-life advocacy groups. They will run ads for Planned Parenthood. That's one specific area. We know that uh, they uh, put specific uh, care behind the trending hashtags Podesta emails and DNC leak during the election. They suppressed that. They shadow banned those hashtags, even though they were, they were clearly making the rounds among popular users. On Facebook, Facebook uh, shadow banned or suppressed trending stories from Mitt Romney, CPAC, and Rand Paul. On the flip side, when Black Lives Matter was not trending, Facebook bumped that up and made it trending news to spread the message of Black Lives Matter. That's another specific. Uh, it's not just the news, too. It's not just these platforms. It's not just Google News. Google search also is favoring Democrats. So when you search for any of these things, not in news, but in the regular Google.com, you're going to get a slew of left-wing articles over right-wing articles. Is it any wonder that we think that the stupid smart people are smart and the smart stupid people are stupid? It's because all of the curation around our information is tailored to give us that false impression. Why else? We know that YouTube is censoring videos. We know that Google, YouTube, and Twitter are partnering with far-left organizations. The Southern Poverty Law Center, I have a great honor because it said that my PragerU video is the most egregious one. (laughs) That's a great, I want like a, I want to frame that statement and make it a prize. Um, we know that Twitter's advisors on content are 12 to 1 skew leftist. 12 to 1. Uh, and we know that they partner with these fact checkers, which are far, far left wing. Facebook partners with Snopes, the fact checker Snopes. Snopes flagged the Babylon Bee, an obviously satirical publication for criticizing CNN. Flagged it on Facebook and it went through. Outrageous. Uh, We don't have a ton of time, but I want to call your attention to that because when you're using Google, when you're using Google News, you have to be aware that there is a very intentional narrative being built around you. There is a force at work that is trying to convince you that the smart people are stupid and the stupid people are smart. And that's why you think that. It's why it's a prejudice in public discourse. It's because people sitting at these companies are creating it for you. Um, Speaking of fact checks, 
Speaking of fact checks, we do need to fact check the media and the memes here. Uh, We have to get to some more demagoguery of dead people. I've tried to avoid talking about uh, John McCain or Molly Tibbetts too much, two people who have died recently, who have become major news stories, obviously, and who have been injected into public debate. I don't really blame people for injecting them into public debate. First of all, John McCain is a public figure, so that goes without saying. And that Molly Tibbetts news story was a major national news story before politics got involved at all. So I'm not really blaming people. But right now, there is a debate going on because Molly Tibbetts was killed by an illegal alien. The left is so upset with this that they're trying to pretend that he wasn't an illegal alien. But he was an illegal alien. All of the evidence we have at our disposal says he was an illegal alien. And this is... the been an obvious point for conservatives who say, if, if we enforced our laws, that guy wouldn't have been in the country. It's simple as that. If we enforced our laws, that guy wouldn't have been in the country. That's not to say that illegal aliens murder more people than native born people do. That's not to say that illegal aliens murder more people than other immigrant groups, like legal immigrant groups do. It's not to say any of those things. It's just to say, very simply, that person wasn't supposed to be in the country. It was a failure of law enforcement and really a failure of politics that he was in the country. And that that girl would be alive today if he wasn't in the country, if we enforced our border laws. That's a simple observation. Now the left is doubling down. They're saying, how dare you? This is awful. And there's a statement that's floating around that is people are purporting is from the Tibbetts family writ large, or that it's from Molly Tibbetts' mother. It's actually from a a woman named Sandy Tibbetts Murphy. Uh, And Sandy Tibbetts Murphy is not Molly Tibbetts' mother, even though that has been reported in various social media platforms. That isn't the case. She's a cousin of Molly Tibbetts. And she sent out this statement that was very left-wing, excoriated the GOP. I just, I just want to read this to, to show you how ridiculous it is. I'm not really, uh, I'm criticizing her statement. I'm not criticizing her because she's grieving, a family member has died, but we have to correct the record because you can't let this kind of actual fake news fester. Uh, uh, Sandy Tibbetts Murphy sent out this statement. It reads this, quote, no, 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 no. Especially for those of you who did not know her in life, you do not get to usurp Molly and her legacy for your racist, false narrative now that she is no longer with us. Molly was killed and a man has been arrested and charged with her murder. Yes, that man is an immigrant to this country. He's not an immigrant. He's an illegal alien, but I go on. With uncertainty as to his legal status. It's not really uncertain. All of the evidence says he's illegal. I go on. But it matters not. He could have been a citizen born in this country. He could have been an older white man from anywhere. He could have been a man from Molly's world. I'll go on and then we can discuss this because uh, the, the political propaganda in this statement is very frustrating. She goes on. He is a man whose path in life crossed that of Molly's life with tragic results. He is a man who felt entitled to impose himself on Molly's life without consequences. He is a man who, because of his sense of male entitlement, refused to allow Molly the right to reject his advances, the right to her own autonomy. Molly was murdered because a man denied her right to, to say so. Our national discussion needs to be about violence committed in society, mostly by men. It is not your right to exacerbate this grievous act by hijacking Molly and all she believed with your racist fear-mongering. You do not get to use her murder to inaccurately promote your permanently separated hyperbole. You do not have permission to callously use this tragedy to demonize an entire population for the acts of one man. No, we reclaim our Molly. Respectfully, respectfully, Sandy Tibbetts Murphy, you do not have the right to use this murder to push your sexist propaganda. Just like you're saying that we, we, don't, uh, we don't have the right to push a, an ostensibly racist pro- propaganda. 
you don't have the right to push sexist propaganda. Look at this. She said, it's not because he was an illegal alien, it's because he's a man. Again, I'm not, I'm not really criticizing this girl. I don't know this girl. She's probably very much in mourning because her cousin is dead. But we have to correct this record because what she's saying is don't blame illegal aliens, blame all men. How is that, how is that fixing the painting with a broad brush? If you're saying we're painting a small group with a broad brush, or you're painting a gigantic group with a broad brush. That isn't true. She says, well, it could have been a different man. It could have been a white guy. It could have been a middle-aged guy. Right, but it wasn't. It wasn't any of those things. He was an illegal alien. The reality, all of the probabilities collapse into this reality, and that's the reality that we have to deal with. Uh, she says that uh, we shouldn't push the permanently separated hyperbole. That's not hyperbole. Molly Tibbetts has been permanently separated from her family. We shouldn't have to tell a member of her, of her family that. I'm very sorry for those who are grieving. That isn't hyperbole. That's a, real, that's a real fact, and we have to deal in facts. We have to deal in reality and not deal with a bunch of fake news and political propaganda. If, if people aren't going to, if, if uh, the family doesn't want this to be politicized, I totally understand that, but then one should not be politicizing it on the other side as well. We're running so late as usual, so I do want to get to, uh, to Louis C.K. and Michael Ian e. Black. Speaking of toxic masculinity, talking of, uh, of uh, toxic masculinity. Louis C.K., you remember this? You remember when Louis C.K. exposed himself to a bunch of women and co-workers and people? Now he showed up recently in a comedy club and he started performing. People were surprised. You know, someone complained and said, I didn't know he was going to be here. Uh, this is nine months after five women, uh, co-workers, you know, accused him of assaulting them. So Michael Ian Black, lefty par excellence, uh, he comes out and he tweets this, quote, We'll take heat for this, but people have to be allowed to serve their time and move on with their lives. I don't know if it's been long enough or his career will recover or if people will have him back, but I'm happy to see him try. Okay, so Michael Ian Black is the guy who previously tweeted, quote, this is right after Trump was elected. Tonight, I explained sexual assault to my 13-year-old daughter, hashtag MAGA. Okay, he also tweeted at Ted Cruz. He said, hi, Ted Cruz. This was when the race was going on in Alabama for the Senate. Hi, Ted Cruz. Just wondering if you've seen the latest allegation of sexual assault of a 16-year-old by Roy Moore and if you still endorse his candidacy. So that's Michael Ian Black. And now he's coming around when it's one of his, when it was a Republican who's been accused of sexual crimes, then he's on his high horse. He's sanctimonious. When it's a friend of his, all of a sudden we need a little grace. We need a little mercy. We need to let people have, you know, come on, man, let, let them recover. This is total hackery. And it brings up this point that we've talked about a little earlier with the dupes. I think sometimes people think that I'm uh, advocating too much for Donald Trump, right? Play favorites or something like that. And that isn't the case. I'm, I'm not being partisan here. I'm just being honest. <laughs> and these people are not being honest. People like Michael Ian Black, self-serious, on his high horse, sanctimonious, until it's his friend. And then all of a sudden, it's completely different. Because Michael Ian Black obviously does not care about sexual assault. He doesn't seem to care about it one little bit. He's just scoring political points. Had he not said that about Louis C.K., then perhaps we could take him seriously. But he's trying to score political points. And uh, there are a lot of people, this happens in politics too, when a, people try to tell you, oh, I don't have a preference here. Oh, no, I don't, no, no, I'm just, I'm floating above it all. I'm above it all and I'm just, you know... Uh, I'm, I'm self-righteous in this or whatever. Uh, you can tell that those guys have a partisan agenda and they're just not being honest. Ben has said this very well about the Daily Wire and CNN. People say the Daily Wire is right wing. He said, yes, we have a point of view, but we're open about our point of view. 
CNN is not open about its point of view. That's why they're fake news and we're not fake news. Uh, this is very important because uh, demagogues always do this. They always try to say, oh, I'm floating above all this. How dare you? How dare you get on your high horse? But honest people are going to deal honestly with you. And uh, President Trump does this very, in, very much in, in uh, his daily politics, which is he doesn't pr- pr- pretend to be something other than he is. He doesn't pretend to have different goals than he has. He doesn't pretend that his politics aren't his politics. He is openly political. He is guilelessly political. This is horrifying to some who have been soaked in this incompetent, mucky culture of lies and oiliness. And uh, it's refreshing to others who say, oh, at least I know where I stand. Oh, he said he was going to rip up NAFTA and then he did. Oh, he said he was going to lower taxes and then he did. Oh, he said he was going to, oh, good. I know where I stand. This is a very good thing. Uh, we have, you know, gosh, we have so much more to get to, but we're out of time. We're out of time. That's too bad because we have, I do want to talk about, uh, there's a new study out of Brown that shows that transgenderism, gender confusion is a social contagion. And this has of course been suppressed by the PC crowd, the so-called party of science that can't, uh, that doesn't like when science contradicts their own ideological narratives. And, uh, there, there are some very important reasons as to why this is happening in our culture. It, it dates back to this day in history, which is when uh, Prince, Prince Charles and Princess Diana got divorced. Not just their divorce, but divorced broadly. I guess we're just going to have to talk about it tomorrow. How's that for a cliffhanger, huh? Is that good? Because it's it, really politically incorrect. In fact, I've, uh, you know what? We've got to talk about it tomorrow so that this episode gets to stay up. Then I'll say this. It's probably the least politically correct thing you can ever say tomorrow, and my show will get canceled, but at least we'll have gotten a good one in the can. Okay, that's our show. Get your mailbag questions in for Thursday. In the meantime, I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Happy National Bowtie Day. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Senia Villarreal. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Senior producer, Jonathan Hay. Our supervising producer, Mathis Glover. And our technical producer is Austin Stevens. Edited by Jim Nickel. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Olvera. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire Forward Publishing production. Copyright Forward Publishing 2018.